Okay. Yeah. If you just do six, seventh is like the, uh, yeah. the follow through of the punch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The impact. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to start here. So you guys are co-hosts, you're ready to just mute yourselves. Would you mind if you wouldn't mind? Got it. Okay. So, um, hi everyone, um, and welcome to Reflections on the 12 Steps with Paul H. And this week's we're doing five, six, and seven, steps five, six, and seven. Um, and just a couple of notes, just a little bit of housekeeping, just to remind you that this is not an AA meeting. Um, so this, this meeting, um, you'll be muted all the way through. There will be a Q&A after, it's not an all share. So just to remind you, this, the, the questions that you can ask, we'd really encourage you to just focus on the, what Paul's been talking about, those steps particularly. So it's a laser focus on those steps. Um, also just to know that, again, this is not an AA meeting, so it will be recorded, um, but we're putting it, all the focus is gonna be on Paul, so you will not be seen. Um, uh, and obviously afterwards, Paul's website is at zenbitchslap.com. If you haven't uh, already been there, it's well worth going to look out because all these videos and his audio and uh, everything is there. So um, I'd encourage you to go there. So without further ado, I'm just going to, I don't know why Mike is, um, you've made yourself spotlight video there. Mike trying to steal his thunder. That's good. All right, mate. <laughs> okay, it's over to you, Paul. Yeah, I'm going to open... All I see is a big me here, so I'm going to put it to gallery. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's great. Uh, yeah, so today we'll do five. We'll go over five, six, and seven. Six and seven uh, are like a combination, so I didn't want to really break it up. So step five obviously comes after step four, and as we've spoken about, um, the way AA is presented is a linear process. So um, one, the, first, the step prior to it builds you to the next step and so on and so forth. So the, obviously the fourth step is the material that we go over in the fifth step. And uh, if there are certain things uh, like harming done to other people um, where there was no resentment or fear, you would come up with that later also for step eight and nine. So, all right. I'm just going to read a little bit about it. It's only a couple of pages. Um, I'm not going to actually read much about it. So to me, the fifth step was probably one of the big impacts because, uh, you know, all these little statements we have in AA are rooted in the dynamic of problem and solution. So a day at a time is really about uh, trying to not be so dominated by time, especially the past and the future, because that's where the disease of alcoholism really thrives. It thrives in yesterday and tomorrow. And the thought system uh, where the problem resides produces a lot of anxiety in the belief of, its, of the thoughts in the future. So I think most of us, don't really experience fear, we usually experience anxiety that mimics the physiological effects of fear. And um, really it's quite debilitating because how are you gonna find a solution to an imaginary problem? I mean, if somebody on July 28th is, is really flipped out about August 15th, 
and yet there's no August 15th on July 28th. It's sort of, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a, because if then if you apply a solution, then you've given reinforced the reality of the problem. So it's sort of weird in me, for me. So step five is that we're going to, uh, let me read it from the book too. So step five is we admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. And the idea of the higher power is, has to be in there. It's sort of like a, a trinity or a triangle. So you find somebody, you know, this is all in the book. So, but for me, I used, I used sponsors in AA to share with. And so we'd make up time and I go there and share. And when I was sharing, uh, I like the Joe and Charlie view. If you haven't heard of them, I think their seminars are and about the steps and AA are on the internet, Joe and Charlie. But I like their idea of a four column inventory and basically the nuts and bolts. You don't have to go into an extravagant description of like what the day was like and where you were and stuff. It's just basically writing down uh, resentments and fears and harms done to others looking at our sexual behavior. And so the same thing with the fifth step, I'm there to share and then I can expound on it while I'm sharing. And then uh, there's the two roles I'm going to share and then there's the higher power. And then there's the great role of hearing a fifth step. So if you haven't been, haven't had that privilege, hearing a fifth step from someone else is quite profound, I feel. And really, you're just holding the space for that person to sort of divulge or share uh, things that they have taken to heart as being about them deeply and worthy of being hidden from sight and from their own sight and definitely from other people's sight. And in the big book, they, uh, Bill W. really emphasizes the need to share it with another person. And, if, and he gives us the warning that if we don't share it with another person, in other words, you can do the inventory, yet not share it. Like you don't want to put it out to someone else. And he says, you're probably going to drink if that doesn't occur. So it's pretty important. So I would get together with, this, with my sponsor and then I'd go over my list. I'd go over it. And then he would in, interject every once in a while to point out or to illuminate certain things that maybe I was missing. But the real, the, the huge point of it is, to me, is to see your role in things. And then by expressing those roles to someone else, it's quite liberating. I found it was one of the most, uh, the most uh, obvious effects that I got whacked with in the steps was the fifth step, doing the fifth step. So I share my stuff, he hears it or she hears it, and then basically he put interjects to illuminate what? And I'm looking at this little thing, this excursion into a reflection on the steps that we're on. I'm looking at it in a certain way of seeing how self has defeated us. So Bill W uses the language that our defects and stuff like that, I don't see them as our defects. I see them as the parasites expressions. So. I keep using that same theme and I'm going to presenting these steps. So for me, it was certain stuff, certain patterns of how self had defeated me 
was illuminated through the fourth and fifth step. So when I shared it with some people, when I shared it with my sponsor and he helped me see it even clearer, I could recognize, uh, let's say the, the, the effects of the parasite. I could recognize its patterns in my life. I could see that most of my sexual antics was really about acquiring self-esteem. I could see a lot of things, why I was doing things were for other reasons. Sort of like, you know, staying with someone I didn't like, obviously, for, let's say, material security or whatever. Yeah. So it revealed a lot of the, uh, the agenda of selfing to me, of the parasite. And then I'd share it with him. And then I'd go home after I share it with him and I'd take an hour and I'd review my experience of the first four steps to see if I'd done the best I could and if I didn't miss anything. And then I sit there and reflect on that, and that brings me to step six and seven. Now, I don't believe step six and seven, it's first introduced after step five, but I feel step six and seven is what you're really engaged with a lot of the time as you progress into recovery, yeah? So I still do six and seven now, because when I'm at a meeting, or I'm in a situation during the day and there's a triggering of something and a feeling of contraction or defending, and then I watch it coming out of the oven, I ask this higher power that I, I state a fact that I'm entirely ready for this, but I'm noticing to be removed, and I like the word reconfigured, and then I ask it to do that. Because this isn't a self-help program, it's a reliance on a higher power So. I, now I'm seeing stuff that I used to look from. See, I used to know I was screwed way after the fact of being screwed. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like I used to use the, the term in the, the little picture of trying to run through the hallway of shit and fans. Yeah. So I never saw my role in turning on the shit and the fans. I would think, you know, I've got to run this gauntlet every day. And I was basically in alcoholism. I was on a soap, I didn't know what was going on, really. I would notice it after it had already had an effect on me, which what AA is allowing me to do is see the disease before it has a, an effect on me. I can see it starting to cook up a resentment or the anxiety or whatever. And in that seeing, at that moment, I really like to get it right when it's coming out of the oven. I ask that high, I am entirely ready have this removed and I ask that power to do it and I find I do it quite a lot at meetings because at meetings let's say if you've been sober a long time and a lot of alcoholism is muted in your life when you recognize it by other people's shares and it sort of hits somewhere I, I immediately respond by six and seven I say I'm, I'm entirely because it's not my alcoholism I don't have a a certain strain of alcoholism. It's our, you know, alcoholism has us, I don't have alcoholism. So when I hear another person share about alcoholism and its effects and its stranglehold, let's say on them, I recognize the same parasite and I ask, I am, I'm entirely ready when I recognize it to have it reconfigured. And I ask that power to do it. And I find that in the meetings, there's a lot of juice because like tradition, I think, too, says 
there's a loving God that's expressing itself throughout group conscience. I feel there's a lot of power there. So I do a lot of six and seven at meetings to this day. So it's, we now have the eyes by doing one, two, three, four, and five, we reclaim the ability to see what we're not. We can see the disease instead of looking from the disease. We can see it sort of like a pathogen or a foreign agent. And in that recognition, when we recognize it, we ask that power that we're now intimate with, hopefully, the higher power, to remove it. Yeah. And so what and what it does, it you'll see that things change. And after a while, it's sort of like on on Wednesday here, the garbage man come. So on Tuesday night, we put out the garbage. Now I don't stay up all night looking out the window worrying will the garbage man come i have faith that the garbage man's going to come he's going to take the garbage yes i don't have to have a vigil all night will it take the garbage because every time wednesday later on wednesday in the morning it's all gone so i have the same faith concerning this process because if you use the process it works yeah that's the whole point and so when something works for a sufficient enough time, the natural response would to grow in faith in it. You know, you have faith in it now, which is really the basis of ease and comfort. Because you, if you have faith in a failed system, you're going to be anxious. That shit's not going to work out because it doesn't. Yeah, it's just logical. But if you have faith in something that actually works, it should bring about a certain ease and comfort. Yeah, I remember uh, my when my mother got very old, she was in a wheelchair and she wanted to be in her own place, her own little apartment, but she would pass out and then she couldn't move the wheelchair to get to food and stuff. So we had to put her in a nursing home. And so she was living in a lot of anxiety about that event happening and not being able to feed herself and stuff like that. And we got her in there and every day they gave her three meals, yeah? And so she came to believe that this nursing home was gonna take care of her, and she started to have a little peace of mind because she wasn't living in that anxiety, yeah? Because she, the, res, the, re, the results were different. She was getting taken care of. So it's sort of like we did a third step on her. We made a decision to put mom into the care of a, a nursing home, and the nursery home took care of her better than mom was taking care of herself. This is just the principle of AA, you know, in a way. Hopefully we don't have to go to a nursing home to get it, but you know, this is the basically the spirit. So I did the fifth step, and of course then the fifth step enters the really the long-lasting working steps of six and seven, and then you'll move to eight and nine. Yeah with hopefully that you won't have to do so much of eight and nine in your life, yeah? But six and seven, because the alcoholism doesn't get extinguished, its potential is there. What happens is it's caught before it can manifest, yeah? That's the beauty. Once it manifests, then there's gonna be consequences and then we get embroiled in it. And then the embroiling in it will lead us to where it wants to take us, which to me is, alcoholism has an idea of surrender and it's fuck it it wants to take us to fuck it because when we hit fuck it we're apt to do anything 
Yeah, and it could be, and I've seen people drink after 20 years. Yeah, I've seen people go out and they were, and it wasn't like they're not on, they were, they were incredible uh, carriers of the message. Yeah. Yet the disease of alcoholism is latently available and it can trigger at any time and it's working on us. Yeah, it works on us through the head and it talks to us. So it will talk us to a point of fuck it and then it gives us a suggestion which is, ah, just have a drink or whatever. And then it's out, it's been, it's been loose, you know, like the, the door that was keeping the devil at bay is now open. Now the parasite comes out and we're used for transportation. So step five, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to one, it's an incredible, I really, really enjoyed it. And also then you can control like the magnus opus. So when it's starting to go like eight hours, you can maybe trim it down to two or three hours. It doesn't have to be a, all right, let's rent a camping site for three days. We're going to go through this. You know, it can be just a pretty much looking at the saleable and unsaleable goods in the fourth step and going over it and seeing out, seeing if you can highlight how self has defeated you so that you can recognize it when it's getting ready to do that. And then when you recognize that, that's the living steps of six and seven. And then there you go. So, uh, and that's just, this is just my take on it. I'm trying to frame this whole pre presentation of the steps with one view, which is seeing alcoholism as something foreign to you. Yeah. That's all I care about because the big change in me in recovery was when I saw, and I used that sentence in page 64 to reflect on it. When I saw that being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, we're now going to look at self's manifestations in our life or its manifestations. I saw self as other. I saw alcoholism as other than me. It was very clearly distinct, yeah? And that alcoholism it had me, alcoholism was not me. It had, had, it had me, yeah? And I could see it from the solution. I had this, the relief from the program and the steps to see the foreign pathogens as foreign. And then at, from that point, the, the opportunity to be free was cleared up because I had been trying to be free as self since I've been six years old. Yeah. I was trying to be free as the disease when the freedom is from the disease. And so uh, I'm just using that same three theme to, through all the presentations of how I see the steps in my own little peculiar way. So when I do six and seven, it's not like I'm looking at my defects of character. I'm looking at defects of character rooted in alcoholism. Yeah. And so at that point, when I'm asking them to be reconfigured, because I don't believe energy can be removed, I can be, I believe energy can be reconfigured. And so I ask that power to reconfigure, because let's say that energy is all knotted up, it's, it doesn't go anywhere, it just goes to you being alone and right. It's a very small ball of energy, just like nodding itself. If that energy, could be loosened up. That's the feeling of being alive, yeah? And I feel that's what AA has done with me. 
it's allowed a reclaiming of the life that had been taken over by alcoholism. It's, it, it has allowed a higher power to reclaim the love that had been sort of like uh, boarded over and fucking protected to the point of not able to express it whatsoever. So to me, this is, this is just a huge reclamation project. And the point is, in a way, the garbage man isn't going to come into the house and get the garbage. Our role is to put out the garbage. Yeah? And so my role is to see alcoholism and then apply the steps to it. My role to see alcoholism isn't to have my own idea of how to deal with it. My idea is I see the alcoholism and I apply the steps to it. So to me, steps six and seven have gone on for 30-something years, and they've gotten more and more uh, evident the longer I'm sober. Yeah. When I saw them at first, it was just, oh, there were like two paragraphs. I thought I did some on the fifth step, and then I moved on. And all the while, alcoholism was appearing constantly, and I wasn't recognizing it. Yeah. And, and, oh, and then when I started to see it more, and six and seven became incredibly, uh, it's, the, it's the steps I, if you want to call it that, work the most, the step six and seven. So... I hope that was, uh, I hope it wasn't misleading. I hope it was helpful. I'm just sharing how I see it. And uh, yeah, that's it. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy. We can share this, anything about it. Okay. All right. Thanks very much, um, Paul. Um, so just if you want to, I've got, already got a question. So it'd be great if you could, we, we're going to be scanning the room if you can't do the hand icon, but um It'd be great if you could put your hand up and we've got a few there already, but so we're going to go straight to James Brown. James. Uh, I know James. Hey, 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 hey. I just want to say I was mind blowing. I, uh, I love that because I really never fully understood six and seven, to be honest with you. And I heard a lot of stuff in the rooms that wasn't out of the book about it, but to have it explained as an empty and out process is, is just, um, uh, anyway, I just wanted to say, <laughs> never disappointed. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, there I call you. All right, James, how are you? Yeah, good. Oh, yeah. So Great. Yeah, I don't you know hope it's great. Thanks. Okay. You can actually do it here at this meeting because stuff will come up and then you can check it out and then, yeah. For me, it's all reclaiming energy. In other words, energy has been has been shaped and crimped and made into things that aren't serving us or others. So it's it's basically in you know taking like the river and allowing the river the roll to flow the way it was meant to flow, not all this canaling action. Yeah. There's nothing worse to be sick with alcoholism and not drinking and using. <laughs> I mean, that's worse, because at least the drinking and using may give you a moment of relief, yeah? But to have a basis of not drinking and using and be, and be totally taken over by alcoholism is not a joyous ride. Yeah. Like we say a lot in our area, probably everywhere, it's like, 
a lot of us, and I probably myself at times, you know, we have too many years and not enough days, yeah? So maybe I thought I did my sixth and seventh 32 years ago, but six and seven are here at all the, every day, yeah? Because you're going to see a lot of what you're not coming through this apparatus. Yeah, still trying to find a toehold, yeah? Trying to grab some attention so it can lead us to a mini fucket or a big fucket, yeah? Yeah. It was nice to see you, bro. Okay, brilliant. Thanks very much. Just um, remind people, anyone who's just coming late, is that if you want to see more of Paul or you want to read some of his stuff or his books, he's got a full sort of gamut of stuff. It's at zenbitchslap.com. Um, and it's, uh, I recommend you go there because there's just loads of stuff there. So anyway, next one. Got Norby. You're unmuted, mate. Sorry, I was doing nope. self <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I'm surprised, I guess I'm a little surprised to hear that this even sounds kind of like a formal process for you, that you actually, to this day, do something that could be formally called the sixth and seventh step. I guess I'm just a little surprised. Well, it's for the action figure, bro. Right, right. I, I, I hear you. I just... I don't know. I've never heard you talk about your what you do internally that is part of the maintenance. But I've never also been to this kind of meeting with you. So, yeah. Well, actually, it's what you do ex externally. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just internal. heard you talk about a formal process. Yeah. Well, that's why I love. I have. I have a foot in recovery and I have a foot in non-duality. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So thanks. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but it just, I don't know. It's kind of inspiring. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's ample opportunity to see what you're not all day. <laughs> I mean, something is presenting a narrative like we used to do this little thing when I was first so when I had worked with people earlier, because in recovery, there's a, a main, one of the main working steps is the inventory. And so I would have people just do a basic inventory of when they did they wake up, did they have a cough? You know, I took a shower, I woke up, I went to work, whatever. And then I asked them to sort of compare it to the narrative that was going along while they were just doing all that of you're never doing enough, whatever. And to see how off the narrative that's playing in one's head and actually what you're doing is, you know, it's so unbelievable. Like here you are, let's say 2020, the narrative is in 1987. <laughs> it's just like, and it's only our interest and attention that seems to connect the two. Yeah. I mean, really, the narrative view of you in your day has really probably doesn't even capture being in your day at all. <laughs> it's incredible. You can use it. It's a tricky little thing. Just write down one day, what did you do? And then listen to the head. I never do enough. And you'll see you did a lot. Really, <laughs> You did a lot of shit. Yeah. You weren't as bad as you thought. Yeah. <laughs> nor you weren't maybe as good as you thought 
but you'll definitely realize the thinking is doesn't even can ever can't even capture you. It's just it's like a shotgun. It just shoots tons of pellets to see if one or two hit. You know what I mean? It's incredible. Then you when you lose interest in the narrative, when you lose interest in the disease of alcoholism, you'll be in what's happening, really, because you've never not been in what's happening. You just thought, we just think we're somewhere else, but we're not, we're here. And so suddenly, you know, it aligns. Yeah, I'm right where, we're right where I'm, I am, that's where I am all day, <laughs> yeah? It's not like way, way gone, it's like, it's aligned finally. And that's a really good, strong sense of well-being, yeah? I mean, I'm in my yard and I know I'm in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm available to the yard. I'm not available to 1987 or, you know, next month because it's not here. I'm available to what's happening. Yeah. You couldn't produce these effects. They're what happened, yeah, living this life. What would happen, I just want to share this too. What would happen if the idea, the belief that you can be out of a moment was seen through? And then you realize you've never been out of any moment you've ever been in, yeah? So this whole drive to get into the moment is based on an insane idea that you can be out of a moment. You can't be out of a moment, yeah? Without you, there's no moment. So these kinds of insane ideas have been cultivated by the disease of selfing, the, you know, the self-centeredness. They have cultivated these insane ideas and there's been a taking them to be true. So people spend a lot of time believing they're out of the moment and they're trying really hard to get into the moment but all the while living in the fear that they're probably going to pop back out of the moment at any minute, at any moment. Yeah. What would happen if you were just here and you know, you're here. Yeah. You would have, you would have an incredible uh, bullshit meter. You'd be able to check your head, like spot check it. You wouldn't have to write any inventories. You would just see, it's like you have a GPS, its maps are all made and its distances are all made for Siberia and you're in Los Angeles. Yeah. You're listening to a GPS that doesn't know where you're starting from. It doesn't. It thinks you're a, you know, a mother fucked up person or whatever. And then this is where we got to go and how to get there. It's totally off. Yeah. Just because it sounds like your voice doesn't mean you should listen to it. <laughs> really, it hasn't produced any real reliable evidence that it's 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 a reliable. It's a failed system. I mean, how long does it take? Every one of us here, who's involved in recovery, we don't need any more evidence. The evidence is is piled up. Yeah, it's a matter of there's something that's trying to deflect. The, the evidence or the message of the evidence getting to the innermost. It's the head. 
the disease is trying to defend itself. And it has such an incredible strategy that it's convinced us that it's us. So we're walking around living as the image that alcoholism has provided to us. Yeah, it's incredible, really. It's a slavery, really, total slavery. So we humbly ask, hey, please relieve me of the bondage of self. Well, maybe it's good to find out what the bondage of self is, yeah? <laughs> really, maybe you need to see what it is before you'll be able to recognize if you've been relieved of it. How can you know if you're relieved of it if you don't know what the thing, what you're relieved from, yeah? The problem resides in the mind. The thought system is a representation of the view of self-centeredness and alcoholism. That's what it is. It sees everything as how it pertains to us, which is the root of self-centeredness. There you go. Yeah. You're not going to make it a service animal. It's not going to become your pet. It's a parasitical thing. It wants to express through us, and we're letting it. Yeah. Because when we see it, we call it us. We're identified as it. How, do, how are you going to get out if you're the in that you're trying to get out of? <laughs> it's not going to work. You can get out of anything else, but let's say any person here can get out of a car, but if the person thought they were a car, the car ain't getting out of the car. Yeah? So, if you can see it as other or something else, you can start entertaining being free from it, really. If you keep calling it yours and its manifestations yours, that is the bondage of self. The bondage of self isn't drinking and using. The bondage of self is that drive to have to drink and use <laughs> with some freaking relief. Yeah. All right. So. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, somebody else had their hand up now, but I think he dropped out. So um, we're going to go to Malcolm. Malcolm, you're unmuted, mate. Hey, how you doing? <clears throat> hey, Paul. Um, thank you for uh, sharing tonight. Um, just want to say, uh, yeah, I've been following you for a while. Uh, love your message. And um, right on cue, my wee girl walks in. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, um, just... Uh, just you were talking there about the sixth and seventh step, but just that, just the way you, you spoke about um, be aware of it coming, it coming along, um, and being able to do something about it. You know, um, that's something that's very helpful for me at the minute. And just, um, just want to ask: Is it important to be able to know what it is? Like, for example, uh, the seven deadly sins. Is it important to be able to name it, or just know? That this thing's common and just deal with it. And also, just like to say, um, I met you about uh, 2004 in Perth. I was very lucky. I was about two weeks sober, and uh, I was very lucky to get the one of your um, shares down there. So it's a privilege to see you here. And thanks. Wow, uh, that's a long time ago. I remember Perth. Yeah. Uh, well. In a way, to see it as other, it doesn't have to be named, but it's a, it's a feeling 
And again, like everything else in recovery, willingness is a key. So if there's a willingness to see it, you'll see it. Yeah. If the, if the willingness not to see it of the disease is too strong, you won't see it. Then over time in AA, it'll break down that little obscuring and you'll see it. So we can't lose really with willingness. You know, I would think for me, when I recognized the enslavement for so long, I felt a, a huge willingness for things to be different. And I realized that I've had the willingness for things to be different forever, but what was, it was the self that was willing things for, to be different, which is a lot of changing, but no growth, yes? It'll change, it wants to change how I feel like every second, but there's no growth. It doesn't lead anywhere. Actually, it leads to deeper, deeper conditions. But what AA for me does, AA is like directed growth, yeah? So AA will change me if I submit myself to the program. And my submission came from rec the recognition that I cannot pull this off. So that utter recognition that of, of the, you know, of defeat was really the springboard. Yeah. For things to change. I've lost what I wanted to say, but it will come back. So the willingness, yes. So just, if you need, like to me, the whole idea of doing inventories and everything and 10 steps is to lead to the, to the point where you don't need to do inventories anymore. To me, I don't want to be a master of inventory. I want to be, I want to outgrow the need to have to do inventories. Yeah. So a few resentments a year, fucking, <laughs> this is pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> instead of being fucking enraged by all these uh, cage resentments inside of me. <laughs> so, yeah. I like the idea of where we must have grown into certain conditions and therefore we can outgrow those conditions. And I like to see our condition almost like in a pH way. And for me, when I was out there with active alcoholism, I was a very acidic condition. Resentments and vendettas and wanting to get back at people, uh, blaming, all this stuff, lots of anxiety, thrived in that acidic condition and produced more acidic condition. And what AA has done is just changed the pH to a more alkaline, let's say, condition, which doesn't allow the old shit to thrive. So the old shit can't get a footing in the alkaline condition. And let's say things like compassion and, and ease and comfort and contentment grow in this pH. So the process of AA is to lead us from perhaps there's a better way trusting instead of trusting something finite which to me trusting something finite is faith in the head really 
That's, I can't see it as any other act but faith in the head. So trusting something finite right, and then instead and moving towards to a position of trusting something infinite. So that's like trusting something finite is that, that acidic pH. Trusting something infinite is the alkaline pH. Yeah? And AA is going to change the acidic to the alkaline. That's its process. I don't, I don't, I don't cause any change. I'm changed. And then there's an observation of the changes. And I have sudden realizations that something is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, which then becomes a principle in my life. I've seen the limitation of what I was relying on unbelievably. I've suffered from the effects of that limitation. I've suffered from the effects of thinking I have power when I had no power. I've suffered from that. I've watched tons of other people suffering from that. I've recognized it. And there is a willingness for it to be a different or a better way. That willingness taken, put into recovery, turns, that turns change and directs change to growth. So I grow out of the acidic into the alkaline. And therefore, and one of the main aspects of that is sharing with other acidics the possibility of growing to the alkaline, really. Yeah. Yeah, another question? Oh, yeah, sure. And um, thanks for that. It's Chris H. in Dublin. Chris H. And say, Perth, it's nice to hear from you, Perth. I can't see you, but. Yeah, Chris, uh, Chris, I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Paul, thanks. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you really uh, confirmed a lot, a lot of. I'll, I'll bring it up to a question like uh but uh like a 20 years of, of of living in and out of aa without without uh, an acting on self and you really put it, uh, it was, when i did roll out of five and four and five probably two years ago it was quite obvious and glaringly obviously that uh how self had to fade with me how there was no success and everything everything like uh like you say, I got worse every time. I got worse without a drink or a drug, uh, without the program, you know, without getting into this. And uh, and I was only, I, I, it was the first time I actually knew, I didn't even have to look it up, the sincerity when I came to seven, six or seven, when I listed the defects, and I seen what had been in play, um, um, and sincerely wanted to be removed, you know. Uh, um, uh, and uh, uh, and you, you mentioned look, you, they're, they're the steps you go back and live in. And I've heard it being thrown around that they're, they're the forgotten steps. And I, I, that, I, that didn't mean what. Now I know what they're talking about. You, you, you answered that for me. What they were talking about. Um, but then going on up, like, and you're saying about inventory. Because I've got people around me and they're forever taking inventory and inventory, 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 and. Um, and I don't feel the need in the last two years for that. I live in 12 now. I've always have a man that I, with a zest and, and, and a great a zest and a, um, a passion. I love it, bringing it, show, bringing it, showing another man what I was showing through the book. And it seems to keep everything at bay. Now, am I being filled? That's the question. Am I being filled? Because I don't, I don't, what, what, what dominated me for years and crippled me, yeah. Uh, I, I have a great freedom in the last couple of years. And, and to, to finish like, yeah. Uh, and after doing the four and five, uh, I could see them coming before they were mauling me. 
before they were mauling me and had me and played like a fucking cat with the mouse. Like you said it there, bang on, yeah. Chris, they, mate, they, they, sorry, they, sorry, they, Chris, just excuse me. Can you get to the question? Because we've got a long list of people, mate, which is fair. Yeah. If you ask a I'm question. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Is that it? Hey, Chris, thank you for the share. I hope yeah, I see you up there. Cheers. In Dublin. Right. Uh, G, you're up. Hi. Uh, hi, Paul. Thanks. It's the first time I've been to one of these meetings um, and heard you speak, and um, I found it really interesting. Um, I felt, I don't know if I'm right, but it seems like you, the alcoholism, do you see it as something that's outside of you now? Or is it something that's still inside of you? Because I feel... Uh, I've been in AA for a few years, and my instinct, my instinct sometimes, um, when I want to react, I feel it's going to get me in trouble because I'm going to rage or get angry at someone. So I've just learned just I have to restrain myself from doing it. And I believe it's something that's inside of me, you know. And it's and, and I find it difficult. But when you were speaking, it felt like you were talking about it as if it's outside of you. Is, is am, am I am I right? How do you see it? As no, no. I see it's. Well, first of all, inside and outside is, um, is sort of nebulous, but let's say, well, it's, let's use that. So it it's appears inside. I don't care about that, but it's appearing as me. Yeah. It's presenting itself as me. So, and there's what you are, a bigger inside than the inside it's claiming to be. Yeah. So the higher power, if you want to look at it as inside-outside, the higher power isn't outside either. It's inside also. Yeah? And the higher power is a higher power to alcoholism. Yeah? So when I, so when there's erection, but I need, if the alcoholism is extracting a lot of power from, you know, us, by being by our being identified as it, I want to see it as other than me. Yeah. Yes. So if you watch alcoholism talk in your head, it's it talks to you as you. Yeah. And that's how it gets in. It's when you reckon when you meet alcoholism inside, you call it you. Yeah. So how are you going to throw that which can be thrown outside? If you think it's the you that's inside, you have to see it, let's say, as an outside influence that's burrowed inside. Yeah. And now it's claiming to be the host. So the host can't see where the parasite starts or stops. Yes. So the parasite's got a great strategy. It's convinced the host that it's the parasite. Yeah. So the parasite, the host is constantly. It, re it runs into the parasite quite a lot inside, but every time it calls it me, yeah? So the parasite has carte blanche. She goes into all the files. It knows the thing that really bothers you, like you're never gonna be loved or something like that. So during the day, it's just fucking with you a little. And if there's any movement to move away from it, it brings out the big guns, yeah? You're a loser, you're never gonna be. You didn't give your mother that time, the money that you said you were, whatever. It has you convicted, yeah? So you're always sentenced, and every time you're sentenced, you have the same jailmate. You have the same bunkmate. <laughs> it's the parasite. So maybe by recognizing it as not you, yeah, would be sort of seeing it as out from outside 
while it's appearing inside, yeah? So see that it can be kicked out. See, you can't get rid of you, yeah? But you can be relieved of alcoholism. Yeah, so the recognition of what you're not, which is the alcoholism, allows that to be taken. So with, it's sort of like, oh, you wanna know how you find out? Bring all of you out to the garbage. The higher power garbage man will leave a lot of you there and a lot of the shit that's gone was the alcoholism. Because <laughs> the higher power isn't confused about which one's you and which one ain't isn't, yeah? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it isn't a self-help program. If you try to get rid of you, it would just be more of you, yeah? We bring in that we allow, it's not outside, but let's use it, you know? A higher power comes in and sort of discriminates between what's you and what's alcoholism, yeah? And now frees you from the bondage of that which you're not, yeah? So hopefully when it keeps, when it keeps trying to bond again, you recognize it, and when that happens, do step six and seven, yeah? Ask it to be shit again. And after a while, there won't have to be so much of this. It'll get stabilized. Yeah. And you'll see it before it starts like, you don't want to see it when it's like this. Yeah. You want to see it when it's trying to bond. Yeah. You want to see the application of the glue before it's glued, because then you won't be able to recognize what's what. Yeah. Yeah. This is what AA does. AA allows us to recognize alcoholism, yeah, and not call it us, so that we can be free or get relief from alcoholism. We don't want it to be like in the beginning of cancer. The chemotherapy was never specifically targeting. It would just kill everything, yeah? No, we, we, the surgeon we're under is highly, highly proficient. It's, it sees what we're not. It sees the foreign pathogen, and it will cut it out, yeah? Just stay on the operating table. Don't get up, and don't play doctor. <laughs> yeah. I have seen a lot of what I wasn't that had been called me for years. I've seen a lot of it in this life. I, there was an assumption, a lot of shit that I wasn't was me. Yeah. Yeah. Then after a while, there's a recognition. You can recognize it. So when it tries to rebond, you recognize it as foreign. Yes. You don't go kick it out of the house. You ask the power to do it. That's just, that's the reliance on the higher power. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've had things, you know, there was certain, there's a statement in India and in, in uh, Hinduism, samskaras, which mean like deep mental grooves, yeah, which find expression in life. And alcoholism is a very deep mental groove. Yeah. 
And so along with the alcoholism, there's other deep mental grooves it has abided in. And there were some that I never thought were going to change. Because I came in AA, and when I stopped drinking and, and using, I was under the illusion a lot of that behavior was going to stop that I used to express when drunk and using Coke. But no, they came out. Yeah. And it usually would happen around a significant other who I really liked on holidays where I'd put my foot in my mouth and make a real ass of myself coming out of a, a paranoia that they were setting me up to fuck with me. Yeah. And this went on for years and I applied, you know, I allowed this, the steps to work and I felt in a sense, I felt hopeless. So the only thing was, was limiting my affairs. So I wouldn't act out, you know, so maybe not getting into relationship and shit like that. And yet after about 11 years of it in sobriety, it was a new year's Eve. I had a girlfriend upstairs. I was there. I got this paranoia kicked in. Yeah. I ran. I said, I'm leaving, which I didn't want to do, but I wanted to make a show. I went down to the car, called her up to keep fucking with the whole thing. Went back up for the big gunfight at the OK Corral. Was ready to really put my foot in my mouth. And something, I asked something, and something came and changed it. And I haven't had an event like that in 20-something years. Yeah. I've seen this program work. I'm not in the process of coming to believe. I'm beyond that. I'm in faith. Yeah. I'm not in the process of coming to believe. The program has demonstrated. The higher power has demonstrated through the program miracles for myself and others. Yeah. I mean, literally miracles. I mean, a reclaiming of a lot of dead energy, yeah, that was causing me to be, to end up being alone and write about it, yeah. Yeah. The power we didn't get, we're, we have been introduced to a new source of power, like a new employer, a new employer. In other words, employer means someone who employs, yes? So to be employed is to be used. Well, we've been employed under alcoholism, and alcoholism used us, yeah? We now have a new employer. This employer is all-powerful, uh -huh. quite different than the old employer, yeah? And this employer is going to take care of us. What? Yeah. And you're going to see it. You're going to see the demonstrations. What are the requirements? Stay close to it. You can't be far from everywhere. Yeah, the higher power isn't located in Idaho or fucking Dublin. Yeah, it's there. It's always available at all times. And performance works well. Well, who's to say what works or his or not? Just fucking live. Yeah, and now you're guaranteed you're going to be taken care of. Yeah, now, of course, obviously, there probably won't be a belief in that, but it's going to demonstrate if you stay in AA. And you'll come to believe that that's true. And what happens? Now you're relieved of the anxiety concerning, let's say, financial situations and shit. Yeah? Just you, you have those promises occur through you of step nine. You have them. You observe it. 
I mean, how did these people know in 1935 what the effects of being relieved of alcoholism would look like? Because the parasites, the exact same parasite that was running around in 35 is the same parasite of alcoholism now. Yeah. So when they described the relief they were getting, it's exactly a description of the relief I've been getting. Yeah. It isn't about Paul. It's about a foreign fucking agent. Yeah. Paul really maybe hasn't gotten better. Paul is better by re being relieved from alcoholism. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way it goes. You can be, be led by the spirit or be led by the head. One produces a heaviness, one produces a lightness. You want to travel heavy, you want to travel light. You can't produce it yourself, obviously. So the willingness is, I would like to travel light. How does it express itself? Adhering to the principles of AA. Yeah. Has the, has it, has, Today, has the problem, does the problem appear not to exist for me today? Yes, it does. It appears the problem doesn't exist for me today. That's a damn good solution. Yeah. String a few days of that, you're going to be pretty chilled out. Yeah. You'll be able to enjoy peace of mind. Yeah, you'll be able to enjoy the moment because you'll be in the moment because you can't be out of a moment. <laughs> yeah. You'll be put to use. You'll be of use to others because you're available and you're present. And if you're available and are present, you're of service. It's just that simple. All right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Thanks very much. Just uh, mute you there. Thanks very much. Uh, Najinda. Hi. Thanks. Um, I'm loved it. By the way, um, I'm going through. This is my second one time through the steps. I did well. I say second time through the steps. I came in. I wasn't quite ready, and I I was still I'm still using drugs, but I wasn't drinking. But um, really, I I don't really think I did this. I did the same fourth step the same time as I did the first time, except I was told to go back and do it and look at my part. And then I did step five and it was like, I was chairing the night I did my step five and I was almost sort of, I don't know, it was a weird kind of feeling like a barrier had broken, but in a good way. And you were sort of like welling up at some people's shares and, and that kind of thing. And it was really, really, it was like catharsis is the only way I can really describe it. But I'm, um, Steps have kind of been put on hold of them, but do you do you have a way that you take sponsees through six and seven? Because I'm doing six and seven next, and my sponsor does call them like the forgotten steps. Be kind of a saying, sorts of men from the sorts of men from the boys, and we're doing it. We've switched from the big book to the twelve and twelve. Because I mean, do you have a certain way that you do it with with sponsees? No, no. You can do. You know, you follow the formal way after step five 
the six and seven, but then you share about uh, as you go along, this is what can happen uh, when, the, to me, the recognition, sometimes you can feel alcoholism, yeah? You can feel it. You can feel a little bit of an anxiety or something like that, or you're getting ready to get punched or, you know, a, a justified right, righteousness starts coming over you, whatever. And so once you have the eyes to recognize that, then maybe they'll go back to how I presented six and seven as they grow into it. Yeah. 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 And then I just try to share it at times because a lot of times, you know, in a meeting, six and seven is, can be going on. Yeah. Because I'm going to hear a lot about alcoholism. Yeah. I am. And if I recognize it, and if, especially if there's a little twinge in the action figure, if I feel a little bit, oh, yeah, I know, like, I know that, then I do step six and seven. And I feel the, the uh, atmosphere of a meeting has a lot of juice there anyway. Yeah. So, no, I just do it uh, from the book. But then I, I share my own experience as, as going on. Because you're going to more and more is going to be revealed, like it says in a vision for us, right? This power is going to constantly reveal more to us. Well, what it reveals to me is what I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. It reveals alcoholism to me. Yeah. The best, obviously, you learn about alcoholism when you're, when you're relieved of it. That's when you really know the problem is from the relief of it. When you start getting relief, you can recognize it easier. Yeah? Yeah. So no, I don't have any formal thing. Because sometimes you gotta check out where the person's at. In the beginning, people are just trying to get out of the hallway and shit, of shitting fans, yeah? <laughs> just trying to give them a, well, there's a little, there's a kiosk around the third mile of the hallway. You can sit there for a while. You know what I mean? You're trying to get them to get their externals together, like regular meetings, go to a book study, go to a book, go to, you know, that, getting commitments. You're trying to get the externals around. Uh, you're not getting it, but, you know, offering it so that they can get the right habits because habits are actions without thoughts. And you don't want the system where the problem resides to have a lot to say about your sobriety. So in action, you want to, so I don't think about going to meetings. I think which one, yeah. I'm in the habit of going to meetings. That's the best insurance policy can occur. And that insurance policy isn't offered to you. It's made in your first year, really, I feel whatever it's if this is your recurring first year it's still the first year get the mm -hmm. habits right yes and then boom it's like putting guardrails like god rails you know the alcoholism when it has you just likes accidents <laughs> when alcoholism went under the, the effects of recovery is a little more subtle yeah but it's I mean, trying to lead to a big fuck it yeah it's different now in terms of 
even the people around me said when I first it was a big improvement just putting down the drink um, and it, it, it ended up going circular as it would do but it's 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 almost like I ended up I was gonna have a drink and I, I went out and I got I got some weed and I went out to the garage set the garage alight and then the fire brigade were called and it was it's really stupid now but it was really really humiliating because I was all around the neighbours and it was it was almost like everything emptied out and it was that point it was which it was like it was really really humiliating it was just it was like you were bereft but then now some every so often it's you can feel that little bit topping up and i get my habits like i chair at least go to about two or three meetings a week if not more but and you know step three step three's said every morning i think there's something about me sort of getting on my knees and and asking for a day is for me a big ego i think it's all right but it's just every so often it creeps back you know you, you just get that just do that one you've just had the recognition of what you need to do the thing doesn't want to get on its knees so get on the knees you just you just described it you've seen You've seen the resistance is not of you, it's of the disease. So do what it wants to resist. It's just shown you its belly, so to speak. Yeah? Yeah. If not, you're going to be humbled anyway. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, next guy or woman? Whatever. Uh, Sydney, woman. Oh, Sydney. Oh, hold on. There you Hi, go. Paul. There it is. Hi. Yes, you're up. Hey, Paul, I think you kind of said it, answered it in, a, in another, with talking to another person, but something about kind of developing a faith, like the higher power you're talking about um, going to talk to your girlfriend on um, New Year's Eve. And you said, okay, high, higher power. I pray that you change it. But like, I, I guess I don't, you know, I think a lot about what is a higher power, not a higher power. And maybe I just overthink it, but maybe you do. It, it has to kind of, you have to develop you through experience. You overthink, it. you overthink it. So just do it and, and trust. Well, yeah, do it and then sense it. Yeah. See, it's like a lot of people are very proficient at asking for help. They're not proficient at receiving help. And they're definitely not proficient at honoring the help. So just honor, you know, put it out there and then see the results and then honor it. Yeah. And it's hopefully, it's not going to brought, it's not going to be brought to you by thought. It's going to be a sense feltness. You're going to feel something. Yeah. If you want to know something that's really best to be felt, then again, you're relying on the self. Yes. The mm -hmm. self likes to know shit. Mm -hmm. Why not? But why not man to feel shit is so much different. Mm -hmm. Like the presence of the higher power is a sense. It's not a thought. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling. You have mm -hmm. a feeling of it. And maybe it's, it's been fortified by a lot of recognition 
of demonstration of it working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen tons of it in my own life and in others. Yeah. Uh -huh. so, so kind of a receptivity you, then to it. Hmm? A receptivity or a... Well, I, the thing is, it's more that there's a resistance to the receptivity. There's a built-in receptivity to that power. The, the dilemma is there's a resistance to it. Yeah, that's okay. the reset. The lack of receptivity is resistance. Right. <laughs> the mental state is, is uh, you know, guarding its turf, so to speak. Right. It likes to have us alone. That's when it can play the higher power. So the humbly asking is the opposite of the resistance then exactly that's but that's willingness willingness with a humble asking is so much more powerful than any resistance <laughs> it is right and i'm kind of getting a little bit of a feel for it i think like it's it's so simple it's exquisitely simple yeah so it kind of doesn't get um yeah. It's yes. simple. Yes. It's simple, sort of like you ever go to a place where there's been animals, but they haven't had people for a long time, never there. The animals come right up. They're like chilled out. Yeah. There's no fear. Yeah. It's sort of like that kind of simple. You can be, you can be, you can outgrow all that fear and resistance and everything and grow into that kind of state of feeling like a, a childish innocence in a sense of being taken care of. Yeah. None, none of that's not lost in any of us. It just hasn't been cultivated. Yeah. This is the process, the process from acidic to alkaline. This is the process, yeah? Like there's that fear I'm never gonna be taken care of. That can be broken by seeing that you're taken care of, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, it's just as simple as that. And then after a while, the same narrative will play, I'm never gonna be taken care of, but it doesn't, it can't, it, do, it can't produce a feeling in you. There's a feeling that you're taking care of already there. Yeah. And no, it's not shouting. It's louder than all the shouting. Yeah. So the big anxious storm won't last as long. Yeah. And it won't change the fucking consequences of your life. It'll just be a minor interruption where it used to be a fucking earthquake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because something has moved to perhaps there's a better way. Yes, trusting the infinite. Trusting the infinite, that trust isn't expressed by thought. It's observed and expressed as a sense, you know, a feeling of okayness. A real feeling, yeah. The mental anxiety is very, very... Uh, weak you know it may play over and over again but it doesn't have it's tinny in a sense if you really hear it from being okay it's very very tinny 
But if you're in an agitated, anxious condition, then all that agitation of the head is going to play you like an instrument, really. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. All right. It's good to see you, Sydney. Yeah. Um, just at this junction, just wanted to say, when's the next um, your, your non-12-step thing? Is it, um, is it when is it uh, Saturday as well? Wednesday, Wednesday seven o'clock Pacific time. I'm in California. Okay. And you can get on that yeah, on Zen Bitch go Slap. To the on website, go to the website. All the Zooms are there. We do, uh, we do Wednesdays and Saturday, which is more rooted in the, the topic of non-duality, but there's a lot of recovery. So I'm from recovery, yeah. And then Tuesday, Thursdays is the reflections on the step. And then after we run out of the steps, we'll reflect on surrendered, uh, abstinence, the space of abstinence, you know? We can just riff on. Okay. So we're planning on going ahead with Tuesday, Thursdays? Yes, I'd like to. If anyone, if everyone would like to, or anyone, I'll Happy do it, I'm going to do it, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so moving right along is uh, Jeffrey. You're up, mate. I think. Yes. Okay, Paul. How are you? Good, Jeffrey. Let me see if I can find you somewhere. Just look for the green. Doesn't matter. The Celtics. Huh? Look the for the Celtics. Celtics. All right. Let me go there. I saw that before. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you are. Oh yeah. Go Boston. Okay. So. Uh. Incredible work you're doing. Thank you so much from all of us. Um, so I, my question was this. It's, I'm just trying to get uh, more understanding. Is the key to understanding defects of character to realize they are the parasitic self and they are not the true, true person? And by extension, is it ironic that part of the character defects are those things that make us think we are so great and wonderful leading to spiritual pride, false ego, feelings of grandeur, and that's part of the same parasite. It's similar to the self trying to fix itself. Yes, so basically you're not, the, the defects, the defects come up to the surface, you're not presenting them to the power. Yeah, you're just recognizing their surfacing. Yes? In other words, I don't have a list of defects that I want the higher power to, to uh, change yeah, or reconfigure. It's not like I bring a certain list up there. Yeah. I just, I, I watch it. I watch the thing trying to formulate, and then I ask that power to reconfigure it. So before it gets into its little anxious little ball of concern, the, the rivering, yeah, it keeps on rivering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I guess the glaring defects would be the ones you would see, obviously, like selfishness, self-seeking and frightened and stuff. And, uh, but that's a very vague thing because the selfishness, when coming up, doesn't say it's selfishness. It comes up with a lot of different flavors and different mutations, yeah that sometimes can be seen as virtuous and kind. Yeah. So there's the record. Uh, so yeah, maybe you can do, maybe you could have a, the, the glaring ones, but then you need the, you rather rely on the eyes of the higher power 
to recognize the selfishness, the self-centeredness, the self-seeking and frightened, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. But after you get a flavor of some of them, they basically have the same trait, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. In other words, that's the beauty of the program. You can't see a self, yeah? You're not seeing self by looking at the body in a mirror. That's not self. That's the body, yeah? You can see self, but you get to see self by its manifestations. So when you keep recognizing these, what you want to call defects, yeah, you're recognizing self. You're recognizing what self is comprised of, which are these manifestations, yeah? So by reckon, it's sort of like Jesus would say, you know the tree by its fruits. You can't know the tree you know the tree by its fruits, because there's really no tree, but let's not go there. So you, by the manifestations, it will be recognized. So this is what, uh, this is what I bring up in step six and seven. Yeah. Yeah, because who says a defective character is a defective character? Everything gets used, yes? Remember that, yeah, like, that's what I think, because if, if, if I have like a, a, like a defects of character removal list, I'm going to be disappointed because a lot, of, a lot of it's going to be left behind because it's still useful. Something's using me, yeah, that higher power. It's not about my view, it's about its view, yeah? So when you're surprised something hasn't been removed, it's being put to use, yeah? Maybe your arrogance and shit like that is being put to use when you share at meetings and by in a, in a way of, I, I don't want to be arrogant like that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's something that's running the show and it ain't us. So basically I just recognize shit and hand it over to that tribunal, so to speak, and let it do what it's going to do. Yeah. And then I observe, Hey, something has changed. I had no idea how, but I observe it. And then I start expressing different qualities, like, you know, compassion or tolerance and shit. Yeah. I can't hear you, bro. They, they muted oh, you again. Oh, there you go. Oh, no. What I was saying, Paul, it's the spiritual subpoena. That's, that says it all. <laughs> yeah. We've all been served. Yeah. And we're in great hands. You're gonna, you see, the thing is, we believe, see, in the mental court, we've been convicted already. Yeah? In the disease, we've been convicted. Most of us are just, you know, we don't, we don't even just think we deserve probation or parole. <laughs> no, we're just like enslaved to this freaking mental uh, parasite. We are. And that's what, you know, <laughs> and so most of us, I mean, I did, this happened with me. If you don't mind, I can share this because this is one of those signposts. When I was out there using, you know, I got run over by a car twice. Yeah. So while I was recovering, it looked like I was going to get a huge settlement at one point. And so when I was running around in the streets of San Francisco, I was using that as a way of getting a lot of cocaine given to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have tons of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I played it for years 
<laughs> this angle. And to make myself feel better, I, I would say to myself, but I'm going to give my mother money when I get this money. Yeah. I did. It was one way. One way I was feeling bad. All right. Well, I'm going to give them some of the money to my mother. And sort of kept it like, I'm not that much of a rat, you know? So I kept doing this for years and years and years. And then uh, I didn't get much money when I got the money. Yeah. And I got the money and I went back to New York to get it. And I bought a pound of cocaine. Yeah. And I was going out to this area called the Hamptons in, in, in the uh, east of the Long Island, a very heavy, nice resort area. And I was going to be there. And so we were driving on a highway and we were going by the exit ramp to where my mother was. Yeah. And there I was high on Coke. And I saw that ramp. I saw that exit. And I said, fuck it. And we had the person keep driving. Yeah. So now I've broken my promise. My mother never saw any of the money. Shit like that. That one put me into a certain mental jail for quite a while. Because <laughs> it was like, I couldn't, there was no forgiving me to doing that because my mother needed money. Yeah. She was very poor in a nursing home. So I was convicted. Forget that, man. The keys were thrown away. And there was thousands of those convictions. <laughs> I mean, who's, who's not going to want to get high with all those sentences? <laughs> so uh, the only way true forgiveness arise to, arose in my life is truly not as a way of getting out of things, but of a clear seeing that I was powerless over all that behavior while under the influence. I would have done almost anything unless you could physically stop me. Yeah. And I found, I'm losing, I'm, I found relief from that recognition. Yes. And I got released from all those mental sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Until then, my head was still harvesting tons of guilt and shame based on what it said I did out there. But to me, it was like dancing with a gorilla. You're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop. I truly got the idea of powerlessness. Yeah, I got it. And it brought about a sense of forgiveness. And I made all my amends. It didn't forgive me of making amends and reparations. I did all that. But I haven't carried the weight of those actions, the mental weight of those actions ever again. Yeah. And the great news about my mother and I, I was two years sober when she passed away, which is the only thing she ever wanted from me was to be sober. So it was awesome in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. Good to see you, Jeffrey. Brilliant. Thanks, Jeff. I uh, am a Celtic. Hold on. Yeah. Hey, how much? What is it? Just hold on one second, all right? My battery's dying. I got to get a charger. No worries. Um, and while Paul's going away, just, just um, if you, everyone could just remember um, to spread the word about this, it's every Tuesday and Thursday, as you've just heard, um, at the same time, 10.30 um, Pacific time and um, 6.30 GMT. 
and you can work the times out, I'm sure. Um, there's a great app called Time Buddy that I use, which is fantastic with all this stuff that we're going through at the moment and trying to rearrange time zones. It's a, it's a little bit of a screws up your mind a little bit, um, particularly if you're from, from Scotland. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. So just remember, it's like every Tuesday and Thursday, spread the word because these are, these are amazing and I think they're invaluable. Um, they have been for me. So um, I hope so it's been the same for you. So, all right. So now we've got finished with um, Jeff, the boss, the Celtics fan, and uh, we're over to Shirley. Welcome back, Shirley. Hey, good. I love you. Am I on music? Yeah, you're right. You go. Hi, Shirley, you got the radio going on in the background, I think. You might need to turn it Not off. Me. No, AA was unmuted, but I muted them. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Paul, hi. Can you hear me? Lower hand. Yeah, right. You go. It says mute. No, you're right. He can, can hear, hear you. Honey. Good. Oh, now you're now you you've muted yourself. Unmute. Unmute. Okay, good. Yeah. You're right. You go. Okay, great. I wanted to say that when I got sober, it's a long time, thirty-five years. There was never any differentiation, and I would like you even to talk more about it. Now that I'm into non-duality, I understand it better. But I thought the same self that was, that had the parasite, and I use the same word, parasite, was, there was a psychological self that was going to, that was, that was greater than the parasite. And able to stay sober and abstinent, but until I uh, heard you, actually until I heard the, talking about the fourth step, even though I did it with Joe and Charlie, I wrote to you, I never understood that the self in which the parasite dwelt was also the uh, was also the the problem, so to speak. That there was at all an, identific an identification with a self that was not the higher power, and I don't yeah. I, I don't hear that in any meetings or you know is, there's no differentiation there. It's you know when you talk about look at so I would like to. I mean, I'm glad you got it and I'm glad I got it now, but that business of really turning it over, I'm, I'm saying this in a way for the benefit of Sponsee, my hope is listening, um, about the faith and about the higher power that, that we are that. That's a, it seemed like we are that working, that's working on the self. It was never understood that with that we are that. Yes. Well, go ahead, honey. How, what? Well, I mean, I, I saw it now when we look at page 64. I see it now. I've, have, I've always been like a bhakti. So for me, there's been that devotion. But there's not, there wasn't that under, the, the, the power of the eye was so, is so strong. The idea of the self, the psychological self, that will take care of these things instead of giving it to, instead of completely surrendering, even though there's a surrender, there's something held back because there's a belief in the self as being the vehicle that does the healing. Well, now, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of different uh, waves are gonna be produced by what you just said. So just sit on the shore and observe it. No, really, what you just said is in a stagnant uh, 
idea. It's gonna provide oomph, yes. I guess it what is. I'm asking you. But see, AA is AA itself is is really see this is the dilemma. See, not dilemma, but non-duality is something other. AA is directed at the action figure, yes, to get relief from an, uh, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Would Even then, with that statement, seemingly is such an important word because seemingly means it's appearing to be true or false to you. So basically, even the condition of the, of, from, that's produced by alcoholism is, is still determined on, by us, yeah? It says, we are 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So it's not a hopeless state of mind and body. It can seem like that when certain conditions are in place, and then it's, and it's not seen like that when other conditions are in place, yes? So we are still the determining factor, it's us. You can have a perfect program, and if someone's not interested in it, it's not gonna go anywhere. We're still the big enchilada. Yeah, not as Paul, but as whatever we represent. And like we say here in my community, <clears throat> if someone's ready, <clears throat> you can't say anything wrong. If someone's not ready, you can't say anything right. True. That once again lends to that idea that we're it. Yeah. We're the huge. See, the mental state wants to make us look like the center of the universe as a body, but we really are a center of the universe in a sense. Yeah, we are. We're giving meaning to things all day. I'm not listening to the cat's meaning it's giving me. I'm, I'm listening to the meaning I'm giving the cat. <clears throat> yeah, all day I'm giving meaning to things. All day. Yeah, that's an incredible event. We're like, a, like we, in AA, look at sometimes you go into come in AA and you have the idea of like the, what was the worst thing that ever happened to you when the cops pulled me over or whatever. Then after a year of being in AA, it's turned into the best thing that ever happened to me. The best thing that ever happened to me is getting arrested that night. That night when you got arrested, it wasn't seen that way. It was seen as the worst thing that ever happened. Yeah. So the swings of the worst and the best are unbelievable. Yeah, but they're based on us. Yeah. I can look at something and it can be the worst freaking thing. And then if I change, it can be seen as the best freaking thing. We have a huge role here, yeah? We have a huge role. AA is just trying to make us see our role and thing in that incident at the bar when the guy punched me in the face and I presented him forever, but I, I looked a half hour before I was making a move on his girlfriend. So that's why the guy punched me in the face. I'm not seeing that. I do the inventory, I get to see my role. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are baby steps. Like hey, Bill W said, we're in spiritual kindergarten. Yeah, spiritual kindergarten. Yeah. Yet, if you take the idea of your role in things, really, your role in things is you're giving everything all the meaning it has. That's mind boggling to me. Our role in things, do you see how powerful we are? There was in Jesus's life, supposedly his big miracle was he brought back a guy who was dead, Lazarus. Yeah. 
brought him back from the dead and made him alive. But look at us. We're making shit out of nothing all day. At least Lazarus was alive at once. He was just getting restored to a previous condition. We're making shit out of nothing all day. I can ruin my whole week by thinking about last year. That's incredible to me. There's a lot of power. Do you want that power to be directed and run by a fucking parasite? It'll produce exquisite suffering. It will make shit out of nothing. And if you want to see its intent, look at it. If you're having a bad day, it tells you it's, it's the beginning of a lifelong depression. If you're having a good day, it gets worried that you don't deserve it in 10 minutes. So good gets compressed. The possibility of bad gets extended. You want to live under that theme all day? So on one sense, the recovery program is for action figures. Yeah. Now, for me, the idea of non-duality led me to see that there was something under the alcoholism that right. the alcoholism affixes to, which is the idea of being the doer and the thinker right. and the feeler. So I started to see that the thinker is what's giving all the power to the thoughts. Right. I believe these thoughts are mine, and then they can bite me in the ass. If the same thoughts were seen as Stanley's and I wasn't Stanley's, they wouldn't have an effect on me. But because they're held as Paul, they can ruin my day. I saw that. I saw that there was something that was infected with alcoholism that is an infection in and of itself, to tell you the truth. Yeah. That's what I saw. I'm just trying to report back. And I'm trying to report back in my tribe because the real relief is from the bondage of self. For that relief to be possible, the drinking and the using has to stop. Yeah, here. But that's not recovery. You're not recovering from drinking or using. I recovered from that the day I stopped. I'm not drinking or using drugs. The recovery is from this bondage of self. It has nothing to do with alcohol or drugs. It's nothing. It was the platform, yeah? It, it was the platform that allowed alcoholism to thrive in, but, which is self-obsession, self-centeredness, yes? That's the root. And I believe there's a root underneath there that they didn't get to in four years when they wrote the book. And that root is the identification as a self. I believe the mental state, the mental state, all this, the thoughts, the memories, are a demonstration of an addiction to self, to an idea of being the one, to being the center of the universe, to being the one that all the doing that ever came through me, there was one doer and it's me. All the thinking, there's one thinker and it's me. All the feelings that happen to a sentient object all day are my feelings, yeah? This is the bondage of it. That's, what you that's where the real relief is. How much relief did you get from drinking and using? You got relief from external circumstances, but very much, very little after that, yeah? You still had the fucking insane addiction up there, yeah? Because 
It's not based, if alcoholism is based on drinking and using, all you'd have to do is not drink and use. It's not based on that. It's based on obsession with self. Yeah? yeah. It's like a difference between an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar. Alcoholism just amplifies self. It does. And usually the less, you know, the, the cruder qualities of self, like jealousy and shit like that. I have a little jealousy. I drink and use. I'm up on stalking charges in a few months. Yeah. It, it, it amplifies stuff. Reven you know, vindictiveness, revenge, shit like that, blaming. It amplifies all that. But where does that all come from? It didn't come from alcohol. And it didn't come from alcoholism. It comes from self. That's the root of the disease. But listen, to some of us, just to be able to go to a picnic and not flip out is awesome. So, man, everyone has their own, their own direction. And, man, whatever's more than enough, that's fine with me. If people just want to be able to have a softball league and not get pulled over, and then AA's done that for them, far out, yeah? Others, they like to get free from this incessant anxiety that seems to dominate them. All right, it's available for that too. AA will allow all of that shit to be expressed. It's a beautiful way of life, yeah? So maybe you start small. You see your role at the bar, then you'll see another role. And then it more and more gets revealed. And maybe instead of looking from self, you'll see self. You'll see it. And you'll see, and once you see it, it's quite clear it can't be you. If you're seeing it, it ain't you. Yeah. And maybe if it ain't you, it can be really, really changed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a. Hey, Dave. Yeah, I think your screen's got off. Oh, there it is. You're back. Yeah, I'm running out of... Uh, we have all these charges, yet none of them work. It's crazy. But That's yeah, I'm running out. Hey, how about calling it a day? Is that all right? Oh, yeah, we've got one more. Howard, can we just keep Howard? He's been here for a all while. Right, one more. Just one more, Howard. You're unmuted, mate. Come on, Howard. He's hey, right, yeah. Howard, LA, nice to you, champ. Can you hear me? How are you? Yeah. I'm good, bud. Hey, my, my thing is, like, sometimes, you know, I was abused a lot as a kid. You know, my dad beat me. You know, it was, you know, it was tough. And uh, sometimes, uh, and I, I'm a yogi, so I understand some scars, but sometimes, you know, the button goes so deep, and, you know, from the you know, physical abuse, mental, spiritual, psychological, whatever, that I get caught reacting. You know, yeah. you know, I'm 30 years down the road. It's much better. So, uh, uh, I know what you I see it as not me. Okay, got all that. And at the same time, it's just, uh, you know, it's gnarly from the darkness of the past. Yeah. Yep, great. Well, then, you, then if, if it seems to be... Uh, strong then there's tons of skillful means go out and help somebody else you know just distract the attention from it yeah yeah 
Honey. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to lose it. From yeah, your line's pretty bad there, mate. We're not hearing you really well. Sorry, I'll have to mute you there. So, Paul. Hey, Howard, get in touch with me personally. You have my phone number, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to have to go. I'm down to yeah. four percent. Sure. All okay. Right. Right, you shoot off. Just to say thank you, um, Paul, for, for everything. Don't forget, we're back Thursday. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to be doing a different theme on uh, the 12 Steps and recovery and AA and everything. So uh, come back, spread the word, tell your friends, go to zenbitslap.com, um, where there'll be a recording of this later on, because there's obviously so many quotes in there that I, I, I just couldn't write fast enough. So I think you'll all agree it was amazing. So we'll see you back here on Thursday. Same bat time, yeah. same bat channel. Everybody, yeah. Sorry, I'm going losing everything. See you guys. Right, see you later. See you. See you. See you. See you. Yes. Talk to me later, Dave. Yeah, I'll give you a call. You all right? Yeah, I just saw uh, the battery. That We have like 12 charges. None of them yeah. work. So. I've got the same thing. I've got extension cords on extension cords on extension cords. My dilemma is powerlessness. Ah. Yeah. All right. See you. All right, mate. See you later. Mike, do you want to hang on for a bit? Oh, um, yeah. 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 And uh, I'll, I'm just going to stop recording now. There you go. You've no, got recording. Well, oh, right. I think you were recording as well.